playfulness is really important. At the end of the game, you have just as much as at the beginning. Remember to play. We forget to play, I think, so much of the time. So if you think about it, whether it's a video game, whether it's sports, whether it's board game, whatever it might be, any kind of playfulness that, that appeals to you. At the beginning and at the end of the game, you essentially are the same person. You don't get to keep the pieces of Monopoly afterwards, or if it's your game, you already own them to begin with. So what's the value in any of the money or the pieces? So of course, it wasn't really about that. It was about playing the game itself. And I think the really key thing to appreciate here is that we, as human beings, have a real tendency to take qualities that we already have and to give them away and to try and win them back. And to, to some extent, that might be okay. Again, you might want the kind of the sport or the playfulness of playing a board game or a video game or a sport or anything else. That's completely okay. But sometimes we forget that it's a game. And rather than being a playful pursuit, it becomes something much, much more serious than that. So the bottom line here is you are already good enough. If you win the board game, you're not a better person. You're the same person. You're already good enough. And that was there as a starting point. So that can be such a valuable thing to recognize. You're already good enough. You can play the game by all means. Go ahead and play it. But rather than playing the game in order to achieve something and then be who you feel you need to be, you're already who you need to be. Now enjoying playing the game is what follows. So life is that kind of a game, I suppose. Now you can easily... Uh, have a bit of pushback here and the pushback tends to be something along the lines of hold in a moment life is serious it's grim at times it can be dark and it can be challenging how can I approach it in a playful way but the confusion here is thinking that taking a playful approach means not playing the game well or not approaching it well there can be an attitude of playfulness uh, by firefighters. That's one of my favorite examples of this, that you don't really want the firefighters all uptight and tense about what's happening. And if you think about it, think about somebody who's really good at playing games and has a good attitude to them. Does that mean they don't play well? Quite the opposite. It means they have a kind of an ease and a looseness to not get so caught up by aspects of the game that they don't see the overall picture. And I think that's what we want, to be able to embrace that kind of playfulness and to be able to bring it in and be able to make it useful. So you can still be engaged. You can still try and move towards the kind of outcomes you want while still at the same time embracing a sense of playfulness and, and having that as part of the picture too. And it really makes all the difference in the world. But we don't sometimes feel that we have permission to do that because... Again, our very identity seems that it's contingent on winning the game. And that's just too much pressure. It's like one of those buzzer games where you're being careful not to touch the side and you're moving the rod that you're holding. So you're doing that, okay, you know, it might be a little stressful. But if somebody comes along and says, by the way, I, I just want to mention that your life depends on not failing at this. Whatever that's going to do, it's not going to help your gameplay. <laughs> it's going to cause problems. Nervous system, sympathetic nervous system gets active. Adrenaline flows. 
you've got a bit of energy in the system, it's not going to help you. Uh, that type of, of fear-based motivation, typically, the research in this is reasonably clear, actually, because it's a complex area, so it's surprisingly clear. But particularly in industrial and organizational psychology, they're really interested in, you know, to use the carrot or to use the stick in terms of a motivator. Now, while one might be nicer than the other, they were interested in what works. And the truth is that whenever you're trying to do something that's creative, that involves executive functions, trying to think outside the box, that actually that fear-based motivation isn't a particularly uh, good form of motivation because what it tends to do is leads to uh, the frontal lobe being switched off a little bit of the brain and that we're not able to think as creatively and as effectively. So that, that doesn't uh, go so well. So it's nothing wrong with uh, having a sense of urgency or focus uh, sometimes on something that matters, but we don't want to be in that fear mode. That's not really helpful. So when we exclude that playful attitude, that's the problem. You know, we, we put ourselves in the situation where the game matters so much that it becomes this kind of performance anxiety or this pressure of needing to win. And if you got to win, it doesn't work very well. It's like this in everything. It's like this in, in sales techniques. It's like this. In a, you know, if somebody's selling and they have to close the sale, there's a desperation. It doesn't tend to work so well. It's like that in dating. If somebody you know has to go out with you or else, it doesn't tend to work so well. You, you want a little bit of room for somebody to be interested. That's absolutely cool. That's nice. But not requiring. You know, this, it's actually much more valuable. If somebody doesn't have to spend any time with you and they don't need you, but they really are interested in you, isn't that so much more valuable? So likewise, I think that's the kind of relationship that we want to have with our life and our goals generally. You don't have to achieve anything. You're brilliant. You're great as you are. You know, that, that, that's the starting point really to recognize some of those qualities that are there. And you might say, no, 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 I'm not brilliant. I've got this problem and that problem, the other problem. Yeah, who doesn't? You know, the fact that you recognize it and can name some of those problems, you're already ahead of the curve. <laughs> That's great. That's a really, really valuable thing. That's a sign of humility. Now, it, it, definitely, I agree. It'll be good to be working on that, to be improving some of those aspects of your life. Great. But that's the game. That, that's not separate than the game. That is the game. So what I'm suggesting is if you, rather than seeing some of those difficulties and beating yourself up with them, if instead you look at those and you take a playful approach to trying to improve and be a bit creative and use whatever resources you have to try and make things better, isn't that going to be a much better way of making progress rather than actually pushing yourself down by the difficulties that you notice? You start off, you notice your pieces in your Monopoly game aren't where you want them to be. You feel deeply depressed and you don't even have the attention to look at the board. Well, that's no way to win. You, know, you have to play if you don't want to, but if you're going to play, you might as well engage and have a bit of fun while playing it. Whether you're doing well, whether you're not doing so well, either way you can enjoy the act of playing. Now, sometimes there can be a worry with this approach that if I'm already good enough, why bother doing anything? Let's play that one true for a moment. If you have everything you need, does that mean you just sit there looking at the wall? No. You, you might, if you're exhausted, you might do that for a day or two. But then what's going to happen is you're going to say, well, hold on a moment. I've got my life ahead of me. What do I want to do at that time? And this is something really beautiful then because you're not acting from a place of fear or a place of having to. You're acting instead from a place of wanting to. 
you're starting to ask that question. What am I really interested in and what really matters in the world? Rather than me distracting myself with the things I habitually used to do because I just always used to do them. Now I'm actually stopping and with clarity and without fear, with a bit of boldness, a bit of bravery, I'm saying what actually matters in the world. And I'm committing to doing those things in a playful and creative and a little bit of an experimental way. Because if you're staying too rigid, well, then you're not really growing as a person. There has to be a little bit of experimentation in there. You can do it in stages. You don't have to totally transform your life overnight. But you can certainly stretch outside of that comfort zone if the direction you're moving in is a valid and worthwhile direction. And why wouldn't it be? Because if you have a feeling of contentment within yourself, if you know that you're good enough already, well, what's left to do other than things that do in fact matter? If you found this valuable, do like, subscribe and share. And what's your experience? Do you have any questions or topic suggestions? You can contribute in the comments, on social media using hashtag BodyMindSelf or on JFL.com.